<laughs> it's so funny. Okay. To, your mouth is moving so fast. Hey, Weirdos Randos, and this is a podcast based out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, about everything and nothing. We're your hosts and brothers. I'm Chorus. And I'm Taylor. And together we prove that, yes, indeed, anyone can start a podcast. You can consider us the background noise beneath the soundtrack of your life, or maybe even something slightly less significant than that. The Padilla brothers are not responsible for the opinions, jokes, hopes, and or dreams expressed in this program. They are merely the nonsensical mutterings of two brothers recorded for your listening displeasure. What's up, weirdies? Hello. How's your week been? Jerry. Actually, Hello. it's been like two weeks. It's been a long time. But but you know what? It's like um, like having to wait for a movie or something. Like it's just all the sweeter now. That's true. Assuming it comes out this week. If it comes out next week, then you're just going to be mad. Is What's the saying? Distance makes the heart grow fonder? I've never heard that. So. Really? You've never heard that? I've never heard that. That's what I was relying on for the motto of this episode. Is that by people who think that long distance relationships work? <laughs> Ouch. That's what they say to they boo? <laughs> Probably. Okay. Uh, what did you do? What you do this week? Dude, well, this week, um, last couple of weeks, a couple days ago, I saw Jurassic World for the first time. Well, Jurassic yeah. World, what is the third one called? Dominion. Dominion. I am going to see that today, so don't don't say anything. Uh, well, I hate to break it to you, but no. there are a lot of dinosaurs and uh, <laughs> people screaming and running. A couple of guys even get eaten. That's how it always starts. That's Ooh, how it goes. Uh, and then there's running and uh-huh. screaming. And then they all get nuked and they die. So they finally close. There will be no more Jurassic Park movies. There will be zero more. Zero great. more. That's great to know going into this movie. Yeah. So don't get too invested because, uh, you, you know, it's just a waste of time because they're all going <laughs> to die anyway. I think inevitably we're all going to die. I think that's maybe the message. <laughs> I think the message is why didn't they nuke this freaking island like 20 years ago? I could explain that in detail if you want. Please don't. Please, God, don't. <laughs> uh, but that was fun. Actually, I love it. For me, it's like it's hard to go wrong with the Jurassic World or Jurassic Park movie. I'm also a guy that loves all the Godzillas. If there's a big reptile eating yeah. something or smashing something, For I'm happy. Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm way into Jurassic Park. Obviously, I've quoted it. I've quoted the novels multiple times on this show, which kind of shows you how much I am into them. <laughs> sure. So that you know, I'm needless to say, I'm really stoked about this one because this is kind of what I've been waiting for since I was a kid. You this know, one is. I've yes. I've Why been, is that? I've been wanting specifically since Lost World came out. Um, I've been wanting them to do dinosaurs in like where I grew up. I've always wanted them to do oh. dinosaurs in like a city setting and okay. like a rural, some kind of a... This does not take place in Albuquerque, New Mexico. No, 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 no. Obviously <laughs> not. But what I'm saying is there are a ton of B-movies where you can tell people obviously wanted that because they always do that. You know, they somehow drop a dinosaur into the middle of a city and then that's that's the story. That's what I've always wanted. Sure. Since the T-Rex broke out of San Francisco, that's what I've wanted. So kudos to those guys, Colin Trevorrow and, uh, and Steven Spielberg for making it happen. Yeah, dude, it's a good one. 
the other thing that I experienced this week is uh, I listened to a podcast called Stu Does America. He is a part of the Blaze Network. He's a co-host with Glenn Beck in the morning. Yeah. And uh, he put out the definitive debunking of gun myths. If you want to listen to it, it's episode 115 on his podcast, Stu Does America. Very helpful. Oh, yeah. He goes through, he just goes through stat by stat by stat of all of the lies and the myths that were told by the media on social media. Uh, you know, there is just no room left in the anti-gun argument when he's done. And it's not from, a, you know you know, my guns kind of standpoint. No, it's like, okay, if you want to talk about common sense reform, let's talk about the reform that has worked in the past and time and time and time again, there's just none that works. It always leads in more death. Right. Not to mention that I've heard multiple people who, who are military and, you know, combat veterans that always say the worst kind of decisions you can make are decisions made out of, um, emotion in times of high stress. Exactly. Those are the worst times to make So right decisions. after a tragedy and, and politicians try to jump on that emotional bandwagon and try to make these these changes. It's just crazy. I mean, he goes through the gun buyback that's touted as the most successful gun reform in history through the Australian government. No. Total disaster. Totally failed. He goes through actual stats through by, you know, uh, different... Um, organizations and and groups that have done studies and uh, research on the topics about okay what if it's just quote unquote harder to get a certain kind of gun well what does that mean does it take longer do you do you change the age at which they're allowed to buy them are there more regulations a longer wait time he breaks down every single stat if you are able to talk about uh, gun legislation with a rational mind or you know for about an hour I think that's about how long the episode is it is really eye-opening, completely eye-opening. And then he obviously gets into the reason why we have a Second Amendment. Right. And so it's, yeah, and it, there, it was just a breath of fresh air. That's always good to hear because there are plenty of people right now from both sides of the argument just, just, just straw-manning away. And so, you know, getting down to the nitty-gritty of, of what you believe in, I, I mean... Just black and white yeah, numbers, and the, white. the history, the facts, Take even the fact that... Believe. Completely. Even the fact that mass shootings are on the decline, things that you would never think, things that me as a pro-gun advocate, lies that I had even bought into, completely, completely misled, you know, the last few years with the media. So it was just refocusing for me as a conservative. Stu Does America, episode 115. I can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, Like I said, if you can put your emotions on the back shelf for a second... And just open up your rational mind. It is completely eye-opening. Yeah, I think that's uh, as Americans, that's what we're we're made to do. That that's what makes this country great. You would hope. You would hope. Yeah. What'd so, you do this uh, week? This week, I uh, had a couple of things to talk about. Um, wanted to do a quick, not a full review, but a quick review of the Taco Bell pizza that everybody's talking about. And the reason why it's quick is because it gets a zero out of 100 stars. It's that bad. I felt like uh, the the five stars was it, it didn't convey how much I disliked it. <laughs> I don't understand why everybody loves it so much. It's it's a bad tostada. You might as well. Just oh, it's get a, a bad tostada. It's a bad tostada. You might as well just get a regular tostada. Okay, from okay. A good restaurant. So here's a question. And no, here's for home first thing. Okay. It does not. I'm not putting this in my pizza book. Because it did not meet the criteria for said pizza book. So it's not going in there. That's why we're doing it this way. So Your pizza review book. Our pizza review book. We'll, we'll get to that. My, my question is this. 
was it bad by way of like so was it just terrible flat out or was it bad compared to like how a taco bell taco is gross compared to a real taco it's a little of both right so i i since it's mostly a tostada with gross they call it mexican pizza sauce which is not good it's like disgusting um (laughs) so it's it's bad by taco bell standards i would rather just get a taco bell taco or tostada because of that sauce and also if anybody else was making a mexican pizza i'm sure they could do the sauce better but i wouldn't want them to because the idea sucks (laughs) okay i just don't like it i don't have any ifs ands or buts around that i just didn't i hated it it was not very good so all the way around it was just a terrible experience all the way around it was a really bad experience what about was there any redeeming value in the world-renowned customer service you received at a taco bell (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, listen, I went in there and I said, Taco Bell pizza. And they said, got you. So, so it was pretty that, that was pretty I good, mean, pretty quick. They usually were not that, they're not usually that great. Because, I mean, I make a lot of modifications. But what I'm, what I'm suggesting to you is do something better with your life. I had this idea the other day. Okay. Okay. Get yourself a Taco Bell quesadilla. And I know I've already mentioned Taco Bell quesadillas. Those are Bell good. I like them. I Get, like the chicken ones. Do the chicken. Take off the sauce. Oh, but I so like them. the sauce. No. Take off no, the, no, take you off, don't. <laughs> take off the sauce, and then get yourself some Kraken sauce and put that in it. Oh, from Kraken crab. That's like a whole weird Cajun experience. You just yeah, gave man. me a quesadilla. I'm telling you, I had that. It was like an epiphany the other day. That's crazy. Definitely try that. Uh, other weird thing that happened this week. Um, I had this dream, right? I had a dream that for some reason I had to go to Martin Short's house. <laughs> Why? I don't know, but his house was here. He had a house in Albuquerque, so I had to like go to his house for something, right? And so I show up, and he wasn't supposed to be there. I don't know if I was welcome or if I was getting something for him. I don't know. I was in this house, and I turn around, and and I knew it was his house, but then I turn around, and there he was. He was like, what are you doing in my house? So you knew he were at his house, but you thought he wasn't home. Right. I don't know This why. is getting weirder. It is weird. Anyways, he had this really cool... Um, it was like a dresser, but it looked like kind of like crystally, like crystalline. It was kind of really cool. Anyways, <laughs> what, what is going on in your noggin? Now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, we start like joking around and stuff in his house, and like it's it all's cool. I, apparently, I got what I needed, and we were gonna leave. And his house is kind of like built like in the corner of this property, and then there's a gate in the front of the house and on the side of the house, like a like a brick wall, right, and a gate in front. And we go out there, and apparently, like, I, I didn't realize what part of town we were in. It was a really bad part of town, and there were, like, trailers. So he lives in the ghetto. He lives in the ghetto, but his house was really nice in the ghetto and gated Oh, so off. he's just a jerk. Yeah. So anyways, his gate was open because I had come in. And It so, sounds like Biff's mansion from Back to the Future. Smaller, shorter. It's oh, only, like, not... three stories. Oh, okay. Well, he's a little guy. Yeah, he's a little guy. Anyways... <laughs> We're talking it up. We're joking, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And uh, these dudes run out and like they're like gangbanging and like something's going down in front of his house. And then I get shot in the arm and he's like, Whoa. he's like, oh, my God, like, are you OK? And I was like, yeah, man, it just happens in this part of town. <laughs> and I left. <laughs> you just got shot in your arm. You know, no big deal. It's just a Tuesday. Yeah, whatever. It's just like a Tuesday. I was like, yeah, man, you, you live in this part of town now. You're, if you stay here long enough, you'll know that it's going to be like this. Did you watch a, a Martin Short movie or no. something? Or? No, I didn't. That's weird. I, I don't know. I don't know what I ate the night before. Just a strange, strange dream. <laughs> that is very, very confusing. 
A strange dream with a nice house, though. His house house was really nice. And that nice crystal dresser thing. Yeah, a nice crystal dresser thing was pretty sweet. That's great. Led to a giant master bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I think we are going to move on uh, from that. That's like the most eventful thing that happened to you this week. (laughs) The term you're searching for is anyway. Anyway. (laughs) Let's get away from that. Uh, I think it's time for Rando News. And uh, I think moving forward, we have a new format for Rando News. So what we're going to do is I will prepare a handful of real news topics and hidden in there will be one fake news topic. And I'll and have so, to guess which one is a fake one. As I'm reading the through end. the headlines and some of the article uh, at the end, yeah, Taylor will guess which one was fake. And then my news topics will just be their own yep, pop culture. Own fun pop culture thing, which might end up being fake anyways. You never know. You never know. <laughs> yeah, since you lied to me on half of those freaking things. And now it's time for Rando News. All right, let's get this train moving. Lego. First story of the day. A man in a wig was detained after throwing a piece <laughs> of cake at the Mona Lisa. <laughs> oh, I heard about this. Uh, he, a man who seems to have been disguised as an old woman in a wheelchair threw a piece <laughs> of cake at the Mona Lisa in Paris. So I don't know why people hate this so much. Uh, apparently there have been uh, numerous uh, attacks, tr- attempts to deface the Mona Lisa the over Mo- the years. Why? I don't know, but imagine the, the work that this guy went through to like to look unassuming to be in a wheelchair with a wig. He's trying to be an and old cake. lady and cake. And who let him in the gallery with cake? I guess if they assume he's an old lady, he's not going to throw it at the cake. You mean the cake of the painting? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. But why would they? Why would you take? I don't know. It's a whole weird thing. Um, my apologies to my condolences to Miss um, <laughs> Lisa. Yeah. Okay. Topic number two. Number two, go. Homeless man with no arms charged with stabbing <laughs> tourists. Miami. Hold on. I'm still stuck on homeless man with no arms. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. A homeless South Florida man with no arms has been charged with stabbing a Chicago tourist. Wait. Miami Beach police say the 46-year-old Jonathan Crenshaw held a pair of scissors with his feet and stabbed a 22-year-old oh Cesar Coronado. <laughs> See, Just after midnight, early Tuesday. I was thinking it was like, you know how they do the chickens for the cockfights? I thought maybe he... No, like, I don't know like, how they do... No? You never invited me to the cockfights. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as what I know, sometimes they will Just remove, tell me what they did last Thursday. They'll remove wings and put blades in place. Are of you wings. kidding me? I'm pretty sure. Oh, no wonder that's illegal. Which is horrible. But also... I mean, that's horrible. Why is it illegal to make chickens fight, but kids put their little kids in... I mean, people put their little kids in wrestling all the time. Um, I, I couldn't tell you. And they don't well, put the chickens putting, in those goofy leotards. They're not ripping off their kids' arms and putting razor fair, blades in them. Fair, So there's But that. the helmet and the leotard. That's equally... That's pretty devastating damaging. on someone's it's future. It's pretty damaging. What if that comes up in a job interview someday? <laughs> Look... <laughs> We know you wanted this corporate position, but we found this old photo of you <laughs> in a karate uniform. And it looks like you only made it to a yellow belt, so we're going to have to pass we're on gonna you. We're going to have to pass on you. We're going to have to pass on you. Oh, my gosh. So, But here's another thing I want to talk about, though, in that vein. Cockfighting is awful, okay? But yes. there is this thing that comes on Did you TV. think we had to clarify that? Someone was confused by Somebody, our stance on that. Yes, people are, are going to be listening to this and be like, they're uh. pro-cockfighting and anti-karate. And, uh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, there is this thing that comes on the Spanish channel <laughs> where they take a cow and let it run. 
And then a guy on a horse. Oh, runs, they grab its tail. Grabs it by the butt and and rips its tail until it until it falls over. Poor guy. Why do they do that? It's so rude. And there's like no honor in it. It's not no, even like the bullfighters, like no. where it's like one on one and they're kind of like. Yeah, you get that like primal man versus animal kind of thing. This is like a defenseless cow that's like. It's a cow with like with no or little horns. Like it's it's a young it's bull. It's a cow. Yeah. It might even be like a I dairy think a, cow. I think it's a <laughs> it might dairy be like cow. a dairy cow. Yeah, they look feminine. It's not a. I don't think they it, look like they're just poor things. It was a previously a mother. And you know how, how bad it has to be for us to, to feel <laughs> yeah, bad for it. Yeah, we are not animal I people. I don't care about animals at all. And that's messed and up. It's bad. Yeah. Oh my god. And these guys are all proud of themselves, they're all like, cheering with all. With the stupid hat strap under their lip. What I, is that? I can't. I what can't. What is that? Next. <laughs> 250 mummies and ancient treasure found in Egyptian city of the dead. Um, uh, other ancient artifacts wet. <laughs> ancient artifacts have been moved from their resting place in Egypt. Arche- archaeologists discovered the treasure trove uh, in the city of the dead near Cairo. The mummies were found inside uh, painted coffins called sarcophagi and were dug up along with 150 bronze statues. Wow. So, how many days until the curse of the ancient Egyptians falls on Cairo, do you think? Or wherever it's at. I mean, with our luck, they're coming um, to Albuquerque for a traveling exhibit. Listen, when you live in a place, what are they called? Death City? What was that? Yeah, City, City of, of the, the dead. dead. How long could you possibly have lasted there? I mean... Well, pretty. Pr- it seems like pretty long until you move the dead. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. City of the Dead, who are supposed to stay where we left them. Exactly. So yeah. if there's one rule in the City of the Dead, it's don't dig. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one rule. Don't dig. Or else the dead things will not stay dead. <laughs> they will come back. They will come back. Oh, my goodness. Yikes. <laughs> All right. Edible tape invented to stop your burrito from falling apart. Stupid. Four U.S. engineering students were brainstorming for the perfect invention for their product design course when uh, lunch inspiration literally fell into their laps. No, that's dumb. You're just rolling your burritos wrong. Or you I don't, don't know, dude. Or you don't have a big enough tortilla. Have you? Uh, I beg to differ. Have you been to Chipotle? Those t- I, The first time I saw the burrito, the tortillas, Chipotle I was like, stupid. that... I saw the tortilla and I was like, that's overkill. And then guess what? Beans and rice all over my lap. The, the, wait, the tortilla from there was all over? The Chipotle burritos are always falling apart everywhere. But they also have, your your answer was you need a bigger tortilla. It doesn't work. No, might have always stayed together pretty well. I mean, you're I don't, I don't, a liar. I don't go to Chipotle. You're a liar. No, they uh, they have a pretty good if like you're gonna, elasticity. If you're going to lie to our listeners, I'm going to cancel this podcast. <laughs> I'm telling you. They this, deserve better than this. They stay together, bro. I don't know. I need some burrito tape. Why? What is it made of? What does it taste like? Can't be good. There's no way that's good. I believe the article said it was supposed to have a mild texture and no flavor. Um, that, that doesn't sound right. I mean, if it has to be there, might as well do nothing to the food. It doesn't have to be there. Thousands of years have told us we can make burritos without it. I beg to differ. And in fact, here's the thing. Put a tortilla under your burrito. That way, if stuff falls out, you got a second burrito. Let's, no, I don't. That sounds like a five minute hack on the <laughs> Internet. I hate those. Let's agree to disagree. We need burrito tape. We don't need burrito tape. Next. <laughs> Two rescued after falling into M&M Mars factory chocolate tank. Uh, Augustus Gloop. 
A rescue was prompted at the Mars M&M factory in Lancaster County after two people became stuck in a partially filled chocolate tank. <laughs> the supervisor what, says the first victim to move it all around the factory. The supervisor <laughs> says that the first victim was extracted from the tank at 3:10 p.m. The second at 3:25 p.m. After both fell into the tank. The what? condition it, of both victims dead? is unknown at this time. Oh my God! They're they both taken to the hospital. Long? Are you, Are you kidding? Did they die in the chocolate? I don't know. Oh, I just had a Hershey's bar. You might. Mm-mm. Man. Oh, okay. Uh, a spokesperson said uh, that they are extremely grateful for the quick work for the first responders. Well, I mean, that doesn't really give us an answer either. No. You don't they want can them, be quick you, and you can still be dead. That's true. You don't want them to get cold in there. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Okay. Uh, in light of current gas prices, historic power uh, Powerball lotto jackpot in multiple states to raffle off tanks of gas. So this seems timely. It's like I, I'd actually be pretty stoked to enter into some like smaller raffles for a lottery and then get a couple of full tanks of gas. Yeah, that's true. I could see that. I really want to go for like the mega millions though. Like yeah. if I'm going to get a lottery ticket, I want to go all out cuz the quote from this one is two tanks. Can you imagine? A local man Bob Porter said he was waiting out uh, out in line outside of a 7-Eleven. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Good that'd for be, them. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, and last but not least, my final story of the day. California court rules that Bumblebee is a fish with legal protections. <laughs> So if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about the absolute buffoonery happening in Sacramento, there you go. Uh, Bumblebee is a fish. How about that? A California appeals court has ruled that under certain circumstances, bees are now legally considered fish and can be protected as such under the state's endangered species law. That's so stupid. Just create a new endangered species law. They have everything there is endangered. Uh, even the humans are endangered in California. Well, because everything is known to cause. <laughs> everything is known to cause. Yeah. I wonder if cancer. living in a ever in a never ending pool of human feces is known to the state of California to have birth defects and cancer. Not as long as they're vaccinated. Oh, if you're vaccinated, you can do do all over the place, and no all one over. cares. You can do do everywhere. I can't wait for California just to get burnt. Down to the base and start over, and I'm gonna move in and have some beachfront property, dude. Yeah, but I the would, whole state's gonna get condemned. To, we'd have to rebuild Disneyland in our own image. No, well, I don't care. I just want beachfront property. I like California is so nasty right now. I don't even want to go back. Yeah, California is pretty rough. Everywhere we go, that's not immediately Disneyland is like homeless ridden and yeah. drug ridden. It's bad. It's really it's bad. bad. And it's depressing because it's such a beautiful place. Yeah, and the thing is, is it didn't really used to be that way. When we went to go when we were little, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it, there was still, you know, you're a kid. There was problems. There was big city problems. Yeah, but it's always, you're always going to have little homeless, little drug problems well, the, here the and there. Well, the local but. level liberals have gone so completely progressive woke in the last 10 years that we're just now starting to see the fruit of that. Right. Yeah. I this guess is what happens true. when a when a cancerous political ideology runs rampant with no check. That it looks like California. Yeah. Also, I, I think it's funny that people are like, um, <laughs> people are saying about um, you know inflation and, and all. Everything is so expensive now, and blah blah blah. And if you just got a five percent raise, then then you're not even seeing that money. It's like you got a one percent cut in your pay. It's like who could have told you that? 
I know. It's ridiculous. Even just raising the minimum wages like that would do that to it. Yeah, that was the concern. It's like if, if we you keep were raising doing- minimum wage, minimum wage employees are not going to be able to afford the things around them. Right. And if you were... <laughs> It, it always evens itself out. If you are struggling because you're working a minimum wage job now, raising the money for that is going to make everything else more expensive. You're always going to be at that same level unless you increase your skill and move past that. For those listeners that we have that haven't cared to crack Google open in a while, the textbook definition of inflation is when there are too many dollars chasing after too few goods. Yeah. That's what happens. There's, there is an abundance of dollars in our economy, which means now it takes twice as many dollars to get the same product. Oh, another thing you should look up. I was watching on TV the other day, and they were showing us the difference between the way cash looks um, based on on how much cash there is, right? A million dollars is not nearly as big as you think it is. They have $100, $1,000, you know, $10,000, a million dollars, mm-hmm. all the way up into a billion dollars. And what that looks like in physical dollars? It's crazy. It's insane how much Physical dollars, like in $100 bills, right, make a billion dollars visually that our, our government is printing that multiple times oh, over. Oh, trillions. Yeah, trillions. multiple times over. So if you get a chance, look that up because that is a sobering fact that how much cash we're just I- injecting we're just, into a failing economy and it's making the problem worse. Right. It's, it's a terrible, terrible thing. And it... I, I love those sorts of illustrations because it, sh- it it shows and reminds me how hard it is to comprehend exponential increase. Right. And that's what it, that's what, when you look at the, the way Congress spends money and where they're putting it to and the vast amounts of money that they're throwing away. It's insanity. It's insane. It makes my heart race. I get like a little nervous. Like the fact that that much money exists <laughs> at all yeah. is crazy. Yep. It's true. Did you also see this? Ugh, now this is just a tangent. We need to get back to our <laughs> news know. thing. Well, yeah. You know, next week we'll cover it next week. Okay. Okay. Uh, which of my topics do you think was fake news? So I had previously heard about the tape. Okay. Previously heard about the the Mona Lisa. Okay. And one other one. What were they again? Tape Mona Lisa. I have uh, Mona Lisa. I have homeless man with no arms stabs tourist. Okay. I have the. Uh, the Curse of Cairo. Oh, and I also heard about the fish thing, so I know those three are, are real. Burrito so tape. Of, curse of fish. Cairo. Uh, I have uh, Gasoline Lotto. Gasoline. And I have... What is this one? Let me get back to it. M&M people. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, people-flavored M&Ms, rather. <laughs> and then the bee fish. So... Out of those three, or the ones that I didn't hear, would be the um, Augustus flavored gloops, um, and then the Cairo thing, and the I'm gonna say it's the chocolate thing. I'm gonna say nobody fell into chocolate. Final answer. Final answer. Two rescued after falling to Eminem Mars factory chocolate tank. Completely real. Posted on June 9th, 2022. Oh my God. There are human bits in your chocolate, boy. No. The fake one would have been Babylon B, historic Powerball Lotto jackpot, now up to two tanks of gas. Oh, my god! So gosh, I had to change the headline a little bit to get it past That you. would have been great. I would sign up for that. <laughs> I know. Man. I know I would, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All righty, then. All righty, then. I think what we've got next for you, for you fine people, you, is a message from the president who is in our state 
Maybe not at this very moment, but today he is here. Oh, he's driving through he's Albuquerque not today. Driving, I swear. Maybe that's why they closed off I twenty five is because he's driving the motorcade. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, maybe it's like bumper cars <laughs> it's over there. Just like. Nah. <laughs> I can't believe this dude is coming to New Mexico to check on the status of our wildfires. The irony is the federal government started one of them. Right. It's like, please leave us alone. It's just a nightmare, dude. All (laughs) the way around. Yeah, like, what is he going to do? Get all the planes here. I think uh, in in the face of big cultural change, maybe for New Mexico, that's uh, an environment where we have a lot more fires than we used to. We need to look at some of the way we conduct ourselves in that regard so it's important gonna, to look at climate change it i think they might but but i think just by way of precedent it's worth looking at the way joe biden looks at some of these historical moments in history and uh his hot take on i don't know maybe obama coming into the presidency oh yeah time i think that's ready i think we're ready for that let's do it I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African American yeah. who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean and a nice looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a storybook, man. So, in case you were wondering what he was blabbering about, what he was blabbering about, Joe Biden believes that the first. Mainstream, clean, mainstream, clean, and articulate, articulate black, black man. person in America was Barack Obama. Was Barack Obama? Oh my gosh! In two thousand eight, can think you the first <laughs> ever articulate black man came out in two thousand eight? <laughs> this dude is so over the top and truly has like these very concerning racial ideologies right. working in like. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? Not even if someone on the right said that, just someone at a dinner conversation. Can you imagine if one of your friends said that over dinner? Yeah, be like, dude, that's Oh that's my not gosh. Cool. That is that's not really not cool. Not true. <laughs> not right. It's not right and it's not cool. Why would your brain even go there? I don't know, man. Like And how insulated do you have to be? You have to right, like live in DC for multiple decades. I was just and only say. hang out with white people in DC for multiple decades. You are so far out of touch. Yeah, I was just going to say that like it, it has to come from from an in- extremely sheltered life. It has to. To never have met somebody who was of another race than you and 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 believe that that person was at the same level as you. Right, to never have had a conversation with someone who is different than you. Imagine that every single person who's different from you you look down on. That's what he's saying. And, he's not he, saying I've never met a black person. He's no, saying I've never met never one met who's clean and articulate. Who's clean and articulate. What he's saying is I've never met a black person who's as good as me. Uh, finally, well, finally one calling came along. Joe Biden clean and articulate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, hey. <laughs> he's got pudding on his on his chin, and he's got an adult if, diaper on right about now. If it was at the Vatican. I don't know if that was pudding. <laughs> <laughs> We actually, I'd like to issue a formal apology to the Vatican for our president farting yeah. around over there. Yeah, we're sorry. I mean, you, we, you're doing weird stuff we, over there. We may not see eye to eye yeah. on everything over there, but you know what? No one deserves to no get pooted de- on by the president. No one deserves the dookie. Nobody I think, deserves that. Uh, as, as it regards to, in regards to these statements that he made back in the day, I think that's what the youngsters call problematic. <laughs> problematic. <laughs> problematic. Mm. Wow. Message from the president. Message from the president. Hopefully he gets out of here before the city rots into two. <laughs> I mean, 
I, I swear. Our leadership's not much better, but. No, but at least when he's gone, they will open up the freeway again. That bugs me so much. Yeah, that pisses me off. Just helicopter the dude in. <laughs> I don't care what happens. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Let him watch on TV like everyone else. Whatever. Okay. Listen, I'm just angry. <laughs> yeah, That's zoom me. it in. Who cares? Alrighty then. So we're moving on here. Uh, my section will not have any fake news until maybe we find out that some of it's not true until later on. you're a liar and, face and, I, and none of your news is... I, I tell. Apologize. I come out of this podcast telling everyone what you tell me, <laughs> and then they're like, that's just not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have weird sources. Sometimes Tommy tells me stuff, and I'm like, that's definitely a rumor. So I don't take anything from him anymore. I, I make up my own, my own things. Anyways, <laughs> first on my list, I've got Batwoman star... Compares the show's cultural impact to Black Panther, citing for no reason her gender and then her race. (laughs) I cannot even begin to explain to you how bad Batwoman is. (laughs) Like, it's so bad. It's that bad. It's so bad. Oh my god, it's such a terrible show. So, wait, wait, give me the headline again. So, Batwoman star compares the show's cultural impact to Black Panther, citing her race and then her gender. So, she's trying to equate Batwoman, the TV show, to, to the, Black Panther. To, to Yes, Black Panther. Which was the incredible. First, one of the first superhero movies to win an Oscar. It was it was done well. It had an almost entirely black cast. Yeah. The, the soundtrack... Incredible. Mind-boggling. Incredible. Like story, even you, just story-wise. Like you can't devalue. Like you, you can't even say like, oh, like they push an agenda, and so the movie suffered. It was done with such excellence, right? That it's hard to critique the movie in any way. It's a very, very good movie. Really good, all around, and it stands on its own outside of the. And MCU. I know a lot of people were were, I'll say, cautious up front because it seemed like something that you would. It seemed like a cheap ploy. Yeah, it did. Okay, every time you get like a cat, like for instance, the all woman, uh, right, you know, you can kind of smell that from a mile away. Like, okay, the, it's just they're trying to make a statement and whatever, let them do it. But it's not going to be, it's not going to be the same level. No, Black Panther like exceeded everyone's expectations. Right. And I will say, I kind of felt that way about Captain Marvel, but Black Panther was way in another league. So, uh, not even close to Batwoman at all. Next on my list. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, the comic series, not the movies. Uh, After months of teasing that Peter and MJ may be getting back together, they're now suggesting that Mary Jane may have had, um, without us seeing her for a long while, it's been a little while since we've seen MJ, She's they're alluding to the fact that she might have had two kids with some other non-Spider-Power-having guy. This is dumb old kids. Some dumb old kids with some dumb old guy. Who? We don't know. It's just some dude. Is this the comics? Yeah. Who? We're like, why, 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 why would you they do mess- that to Why me? are they messing with everything? I don't know. Like, just get back together. At what point do they just start over? Because they do that from time to time, right? They just kind of, no, okay, we ran. Series. The series goes on forever. This is the same series that's been going on since 1962. Why are they so young still? She can still have kids? So, in comics, uh, I understand this is something you probably wouldn't know. But don't, kinda, don't talk down to me. No, no, I'm not talking down to you. I'm don't just talk down to me. A lot of people would think that. You start talking out to me right now. <laughs> talk up to you. Yeah. You are so smart. <laughs> Thanks. You're so intelligent. Thanks. <laughs> you know everything there is to know. Thanks. 
So. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so they kind of float around. Nobody really ages in comics. Not not like main characters don't age, right? So, and mm. it's been that way forever. So like basically the Fantastic Four have always been the same age. And now that they have kids, those kids are growing up. But the Fantastic Four still kind of are... They're a little older, but not much, right? So even Peter Parker and MJ are technically like... You know, they've gone to college and they're out of college now. But it's maybe, you know two, three years since they've been in college. Just a couple of years. So it's like, um, just to keep them the same age, that always happens in comics. Mm. Um, that's why there's a series now called Life Story, where they do those characters if they... <laughs> why are you keeping those crazy eyes for I was just trying to stay awake. You look like you're Jaden's number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> Impractical Joker's reference. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, if you get the chance, check out these Marvel Life Stories issues because they do do that. So that every issue is another 10 years. I don't know when I'm going to have the, that much time on my hands. They're like five issues. I'm trying to produce a podcast, dude. Okay. Anyway, next. Anyways, well, what I was going to say is those issues, they age them like they normally age. So now Peter Parker would be really old because he just started out as a kid in the 60s. So, mm. so it is fun. Anyways, next I've got the uh, a story. The amount of people playing D&D up about 60% in 2020 in. And this just in, adult diaper sales up about 60% in 2021. No way. Well, actually, you know, um, you could, someone could carelessly say that that is a direct comparison to the number of people playing D&D. They're not leaving. They're putting on adult diapers and, you know, playing the game. Mm-hmm. But I think with all of our supply chain issues and shortages that we're experiencing, thanks, Biden, I think the <laughs> White House is probably hoarding them for Mr. Prezi. Oh, well. You don't want him. You have to. How nice is the leather in those limos? They're yeah. not going to let him Hershey squirt all over those. <laughs> I figured they were just like grandma plasticking over the thing. Oh, maybe Grandma they just have saran wrap in yeah, there now? Grandma furniture plastic. No, because you can't risk that sticking to his butt as he's doing a press conference. Ooh. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> my question with this story was, what realistically would it take for you to play D&D? I know, like, I want to know how high no, is No, I'm not bar? doing that. No. What would it... That's what I'm asking. I know you're not going to. What What would it take for you to play D&D? I would sooner play like a World of Warcraft kind of really? situation than D&D. That's just online D&D. That's basically the same thing. But I don't have to look at other nerds. <laughs> okay. And smell them. <laughs> and I don't have my mom's basement to play in, so that'll be a problem. But it's, it's illegal to play out in public. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you that. But what would it take? What would, you, what would it take for you to play D&D? Some money, probably. A, a how much hand, money? Probably a few hundred dollars. A few hundred dollars. How, well, how many hours does it take to play a round of D&D? Like an hour. Maybe like a hundred bucks. hundred bucks? So yeah. you play D&D for a hundred dollars an really, hour. People really love it, too. Yeah. And I kind of have this outlook on life where it's like, if it's popular enough, then I should probably give it a fair shot. Mm-hmm. You know? But I, that's one that's hard for me to, to jump over that hurdle. But I know people really love that. And the, the offshoot versions of that game. Yeah. The RPGs and such. So that's the thing that I've fallen into is I really like the... I like RPGs, but I, I try to find RPGs that don't have math. <laughs> that's the part that sucks about D&D is math. I've never played actual D&D, but I know the dice have a lot of numbers on them. So Next, what I've got is Sony is... 
they have got a series in development based on the character Silk from Spider-Man comics. Never heard of it. So they went back a few years ago and they added little things to their origin stories for all their major characters. They were called they called it Original Sin. And there was a little something you were never told about these characters and their origin story, which was really fun. So for Spider-Man, what that was, was the spider came down on the thing while he was in the thing and it bit him and he got all woozy and went outside. But we never saw that that same spider came through on the floor after he swatted it away and bit somebody else. Oh, who to bite? So it bit this chick named Cindy Moon. She's an Asian chick, and um, why'd you have to bring race into this? Just because that's like one of the main things is that she's Asian. I don't know. It's, hmm. kind of, it's kind of a big thing for people. They tend to like that, so I mention it. Anyways, like this government agency, they figured out that that happened to her, but they didn't find Peter. They just found her, and they locked her away for all these years. Ooh. And so while she was locked away, the people who were holding her captive died, leaving her stuck in this place. And Peter somehow, he, I forget how, but he figured out that she was still in this place. Mm. And through that time, she had developed her powers like way beyond what Peter can do. So she like can create webs out of thin air and like all kinds of crazy cool stuff. So it's like a second Spider-Man. But uh, I, I think we're going to be seeing her in the new animated uh, across the Spider-Verse movie. So look forward to that. Fun. Last bit of news that I've got for you. You might want to look this up because it's pretty cool, but we just got our first look at the new Indiana Jones film. Ooh. What's it called? Uh, no, it, just a first look. No name. Mm. Yeah. So it's... <laughs> and it looks pretty... I mean, it looks really good, even though it's exactly what you would expect a first look from Indiana Jones to look like. It's just him walking over, you know, a dusty old bridge in a silhouette, and he looks like Indy again. Um, but he doesn't look all old and he, decrepit? Well, you can't see his face, but it looks like, they, looks like they're getting away from that. That's good, because they must have aged him intentionally. Seriously, he looks so old in the last one. Yeah. But uh, I'm really stoked this one's got Mad Mik- Mads Mikkelsen in it. I don't know if you know who that is. No. Um, the guy whose eyes they always jack up in movies. He was in James Bond, and they... they oh, that him, dude? They made him bleed from his eye. He's yeah. like the only dude who's allowed to be a villain and everything. Yeah, but he's he's enjoying it. He says it feels to him like a classic Indiana Jones story. Oh, that's personally. fun. So I'm the last one, the only real—I mean, I liked the dumb alien stuff in the in the previous one. Really? What I didn't like was the monkey scene. The monkeys were bad. Um, and why was he able to swing like that? Yeah, that don't worry about sense. it. <laughs> and then the other thing is the whole thing was shot kind of campy. It wasn't. It was shot kind of goofy. Like everything was kind of like over the top. Yeah, it felt more like if Sam Raimi had directed it. I don't know what that means, but didn't like it that much. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't really... I mean, there were parts of it that I liked. I liked it all the way up until the monkeys and the aliens was a bit much. Um, actually, they're not aliens. They're interdimensional beings. Oh, okay. So that's... that's yeah, whatever. Right. Except they had a UFO, so... Sure. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I guess. <laughs> if, you haven't, <laughs> if you haven't taken the time to see the last Indiana Jones. Um, anyways... I think that's all for me. That's all That's all I got there. So that leads us up to a new segment. I think we're launching this for the first time. We've been talking about it for a while. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, this will be our first ever Devil's, Devil's Advocate. Advocate. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just kidding. But uh, <laughs> what we're going to do is Taylor is going to prep every once in a while some topics of discussion. And uh, sometimes they'll be hot button issues. Sometimes they'll just be mundane, undisputed. Yeah. 
situations. But it's a good thing we started now because I've got a good Pride Month. <laughs> Pride Month one. Okay, and and let me get this right. The expectation is that you are going to read a stance on something. Yes. And I have to, on the fly, I've not been prepped with these no, topics. No, he doesn't know any of these topics. I will have to these argue things- the opposite. Right. You, I mean, you can argue however you feel about the topic. These are just the mainstream things that I've heard out and about. So so you're giving me the mainstream perspective, and I'm being the contrarian I tend to be. Right. Okay. It, but if you agree with it, you can agree with it. There's no there's no saying you have to disagree with these, but I, I personally would disagree with all of them. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Alrighty then. This music is too good. we got to start it over. Yeah. We, oh, I didn't know we were going to do this through the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Can we do that? No, it'll probably run out, but I'll play other music. Do you think we'll get flagged or something? Probably. If the episode goes mute right now, sorry about that. (laughs) If it got muted before that, we'll go ahead and... I don't know if there's a way to take this off of here, but we'll move on. All right. So my topic is the eradication of masculinity and femininity. Okay. Do you have the Do you have the argument, or is that just that's just something that's happening? That is just that's the main topic. So I don't know if you wanted to share opening remarks, or should I just get get going? Just give me the 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 public stance. And all right. So it seems that society is moving away from traditional gender roles, creating more of a gray area in terms of gender and sexuality. In your opinion, is this a good thing? Uh, Why or why not? So there are a couple problems with this. One of them is this idea that if only we affirmed whatever orientation people tend to be or whatever role they want to play, uh, they would lead somehow more fulfilling lives. And what we know is that's not true. Even when uh, young people who are, you know, self-admittedly a part of this trans lifestyle, uh, when they receive like gender affirming therapy, whatever that means when they receive that it does not affect positively the suicide rates that people experience in this demographic the 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 sad thing is honestly uh the less traditional your lifestyle becomes the more turmoil you tend to experience and the the left will say oh that's because uh you know evil white christians are making you feel bad but more and more people in this community are so heavily insulated within their own culture, right? Everyone they know and talk to, everything they read, every movie on on the screen, every article, everything they tap on in the internet affirms their way of doing life. But somehow, they still experience turmoil. Interesting. Uh, I'm not going to be saying any... I'm not going to give my own opinion. This is, I am the devil's advocate. <laughs> so I am just citing the, the things here. Uh, all right. My next one would be overgeneralizations uh, of characteristics and differences based on gender can create biases, and the ideas that gender-associated behaviors are binary may ultimately lead to discrimination or unfair treatment of people who don't subscribe to those binary ideas or gender gender roles. I think that would be. That may be the assumption, but I'd be really surprised to see how many people actually experience discrimination. Um, it's far more likely that companies are strong-armed by government regulation into being... Um, we, we've all read the little descriptor on Indeed, right? Like, we are a equal opportunity employer. Th- that's pretty much required, and that protects them from uh, any kind of legal repercussion. 
not that. But either way, wouldn't you say it's our duty to gray these areas to curb this kind of discrimination? And in, in, in a society where there are no traditional gender roles, would not, wouldn't it be better for those people? Better, better and is an interesting word to use. It's one that gets thrown around. The, 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 the truth of the matter is this. Um, oftentimes, what people mean by better is, I want you to tell me that I'm right. Whatever path in life I've chosen, I want you to affirm that and tell me that I'm right. But in actuality, um, like still, the best fighting chance you can give a child in this life is to have that child after you're married and to stay with that child's partner. That is by far that they'll become higher earners. They'll be healthier. They'll lead, uh, you know, significantly more impactful lives. When you give them a quote unquote traditional uh, home environment to live in and to grow in, that's the best way you can set someone else up for success. Now, you can try to tweak that formula and say it should be however I define it, but someone will pay the price. And generally speaking, it's the children raised in those environments. And so if you're saying, you know, should we, should we then just for the short, short term appease whatever the, the current cultural norm is, uh, I think it's foolish to, to tweak a formula that's worked since the beginning of time. Okay. Well, uh, things also people tell me are that everyday transgender or non-gender conforming people are regularly losing their housing jobs and even face doctors not providing them with the health care that they need. Uh, In your mind, is that something that should be happening to those people? So that way they, um, you know, see that what they're doing is wrong. Well, in your worldview, a lot of this comes down to uh, to a battle of definition, right? It's like, okay, I'm not receiving health care. It's like, well, if you want, you know, some sort of mutilating surgery that changes the appearance of your body, uh, that is cosmetic. Now, I can't walk into a dentist and say, you know, I have I have mouth dysphoria and these teeth are hideous. <laughs> you, know, you know, I would, which is a point of insecurity for me. I would like better teeth. If I could walk in and force someone to give me that, it's not my right to have whatever kind of physical appearance I want. Now, are there services that I could pay for to get some of those things? Sure, but that's not healthcare. That's an exchange of goods and services, right? Uh, someone else's labor cannot be my right. Um, so the idea that two things, the idea that a gender affirming healthcare is a thing, we've already kind of brushed on the idea that the more you mess with, you know, a, a diverting from the, your gender of origin, the more likely you are to suffer that in and of itself, those stats would prevent most positions from even getting involved in that conversation. Secondly, the idea that uh, healthcare is a right is something that's woven into this argument many times. And anything that another human has to provide for you, it cannot be a right because someone else's labor cannot be a right to me. That's called slavery. <laughs> so we've already society decided that that is wrong and it gets brought up all the time. So uh, as far as the housing situation goes, um, I would be extremely shocked to find out that people are not lending to homosexuals or to trans people. That seems like an outright lie. Okay. Um, money is green. I mean, no, I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't care who's handing me money. Like, it doesn't make any sense. What would be the benefit? In fact, the last time I can even recall a situation where we segregated people and prevented them from living where we wanted to, it was probably 
around the, 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 the time of the Industrial Revolution where the left actually and the, the Democrats' leadership in these major cities segregated the town into or the, the city into Chinatown and Little Italy and so forth. Uh, and they would only allow mortgages to be lent to people that fit the demographic of the neighborhood. And uh, that's why now we see cities are still to this day split up culturally. It's not because I can only ever fathom living next to someone that looks like me. It's like, if that's my only option, that's my only option. Right. Also, so I, I know you touched on the fact that, uh, you know, it, it's not really about healthcare and that sort of thing, but wouldn't, uh, you know, dissolving what's normally accepted as gender help those people feel more welcomed as members of our society, not really in the sense of, you know, their, whether their well-being is what they say it is or not. I think on a one-on-one basis, um, there are going to be conflicts and, and resolutions and um, peaks and valleys, if you will, conversationally and relationally between people one-on-one. I can't, even with my own political viewpoints, can't guarantee that the average person is going to get along with me or jive with me over a cup of coffee. That's a risk I take in presenting myself the way I, I believe I need to present myself. I am not owed anything by the people around me. I also don't believe that there is a discriminatory um, kind of overlay on society that's preventing these people from leading the lives that they want to. Well, I can tell you that studies have shown that 63% of gender non-conforming people say that they have faced serious acts of discrimination. I mean, define serious. I think that's that's the problem, right? It's like, okay, I can say that I've experienced serious acts of, of uh, you know, hardship. What, what was the term you used? Um, serious acts of discrimination. Yeah, discrimination. That's great. People like to throw that around. I mean, uh, you can go to any gay or trans Instagram feed and they're not getting flagged for misinformation day in, day out. They're... Their voices aren't being suppressed online in an open forum. Their uh, worldview isn't being flagged as uh, extremist and dangerous. As a matter of fact, they're so protected from any sort of honest criticism that they're allowed to do trans strip tease for children. And it's celebrated when all of those people should be locked up. So uh, it doesn't make any sense to me that they would experience the kinds of things that they're talking about. Now, that doesn't mean everyone you come in contact with has to like you. That doesn't mean the world owes you anything. You 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 have to approach each situation on its face and judge a person by the character of their heart and the way that they present themselves to you. And, you know, hating someone or any group of people based on whatever blanket statement it's not right. We can all get behind that. And that's not something that generally happens. When it does, we can point at it and we can, you know, show the world that this is a, an evil that we're not going to get behind. But um, I think what's happening more often than not is the left just uses this language that would corner society into, quote unquote, accepting their lifestyle. But if you don't um, not just turn a blind eye or, hey, you do you, let me do me, you have to. Uh, agree with it and then celebrate 
whatever lifestyle they've chosen. Otherwise, you're committing some sort of act of verbal violence. It's just not right. So in terms of you do you, I'll do me, um, on the basis of pronouns, um, if these people are just born this way, why wouldn't we just acknowledge their existence and their identity and, and call them what pronouns they, they ask us to or, to, or to, to see them as they see themselves? What would, be, what would we be hurting by doing that? I think that I think we're hurting a lot more than we know, and it's hard it's hard to know when you're when you start to restructure the foundation of a society um, with an untested sort of formula. You don't know what the outcomes are really going to be. Um, we are just now starting to see the epidemic of fatherlessness in homes, uh, or rather, the outcome, the societal impact of fatherlessness in homes. Um, from the you know late 80s to 90s, you know, pervasive until now. That's a concern because you don't know what is kind of around the bend. You don't want to you don't want to play. You know, society is not Plato that you just reshape and, and test it out here and there. There are are very real consequences. Um, now what are we hurting in the short term? I think it it's foolish to think that certain members of society can just change the way things work without it. The double standard doesn't make sense to me, right? Like I, I can't, um, under these rules, right? I could, I, I could force my pronouns to be whatever I want. And it could be something that's highly offensive to these people, right? What if my pronoun is, you know, the one true gender or the one true gender of two true genders? And they have to address me with that. That sounds crazy, right? That's not, and that would be offensive to them. And so, to have these blanket statements like um, you have to use these pronouns in these certain senses. It's like uh, believe all women. There are evil women in the world. There are women who commit all sorts of crimes and all sorts of injustices day in and day out. So to blanket statement and say believe all women inherently means that you're devaluing some women who have the truth to speak about. And so I think in a similar regard, to make these sorts of blanket statements on, on culture have, like I said, these weird outcomes. They lead to weird, dark places that we're not even sure, you know, are going to happen now. Um, on another note, I think being polite to someone in front of you, if I knew someone that was going through this and they asked me, you know, sincerely, call me this, X, Y, and Z, I would fight with that internally. And maybe I would, maybe I would accommodate in some situ- you know, situations. My goal is to not hurt random people. My goal is to stand for what I believe is true. And um, to believe that biology is the foundation of the way we interpret the world around us should not be a radical idea. That's something that, you know, as a, as a Christian, as a believer, I've been called a science denier for years, right, by the left. And it's very weird to see them just ro- rotating and folding science in on itself and just ignoring the parts that they can't see anymore. Right. It's, it's very odd. The, the one thing I will say is as far as um, the legalization of forced pronouns, uh, mandated speech is wrong and that should be stopped at all cost. You know, maybe it's sold as you have to call people their pronouns to make them feel better. But where that leads is a very dark place. Mandating speech is a tool of a tyrannical government that you never recover from. It's the same as restrictive speech. 
which is already happening in the free marketplace on social media. If you disagree with whatever the the approved statement is or a worldview is online, you are silenced and you are shunned and you are you are prevented from you're put in a silo and you're prevented from speaking out into other groups. Which is a really odd thing because if they are living by what they believe is the truth, why would why would the 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 idiotic utterings of someone like me be such a threat, right? Because the truth is something to be contended with, and that's the problem here. So I know you had touched on this, but uh, switching now to a more uh, Christian worldview um, on this topic. So from the inclusion of Gentiles to the abolition of slavery, the church has often revised its text in light of compelling evidence, and in this way, not affirming um, you know, someone's sexual identity harms the lives of LGBTQAAIP people and does not therefore produce good fruit with them. How would you reconcile that? So give me the two examples again where the church had quote-unquote changed their stance. So that would be uh, inclusion of the Gentiles uh, into the Jewish church and abolition of slavery. So neither of those things, I'll start with slavery. Slavery is not something that, it's important to read biblical text within the context that it was written to, in order to understand how it applies today. When, in, in most circumstances, when the Old Testament in the Bible talks about slavery, it is something more akin to the idea of um, servanthood and more of a class system that was in place in ancient Israel rather than the sorts of things that we're seeing that we saw in during the founding of the nation and the decades that followed like the uh, uh, American African slave trade. So at no point did the Bible ever advocate for slavery in the terms that most Westerners Westerners would understand slavery to mean um, that is a big component. So on that basis, the church has never changed its stance on slavery. Uh, in fact, even in um, if you were to regard the type of slavery that was common in ancient Israel uh, among Israelites and their servants, even in that lesser sort of form of slavery, masters were um, were were encouraged by the scripture to treat them well and to give them more than maybe they deserved or quote unquote had earned. Even then, there was this sort of rebalancing of power in uh, in the in the ancient Israel times, according to Scripture. Um, as far as what was the second example you gave? Uh, the inclusion of the Gentiles. So the inclusion of the Gentiles is interesting because um, if you understand the history of the scriptural text, um, it was always God's plan to redeem and and purify. The, the humans on earth in order to spend eternity with him. The way he did that was by guaranteeing the perfect sacrifice of the son of God, which is Jesus Christ through the Israelites. Um, there are a couple reasons. This is, this is true. This is kind of a deep dive. There was a problem in the old Testament with the commingling of human DNA and spiritual DNA. That's why in uh, the Old Testament we hear about these beings called the Nephilim. This was uh, this was the offspring of fallen angels and humans, and it was forbid by God. It was something that was never meant to happen, and when it did, it threatened the pure bloodline of the human race. The reason that is a problem is because, uh, according to the Old Testament, the only atonement for sin is blood. So that means 
if we are sinful people and we fall short of the glory of God, which we, we believe is true through the, the, the Old and New Testament t- teaches this, that means that we need a pure and holy sacrifice to atone for our sins. We need one that covers all sin for all time. That means that uh, the, the, the minor animal sacrifices of the Old Testament was a, a holdover, but was never enough to cover our sins for eternity. So, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be that pure sacrifice, and he could not be that pure sacrifice if his bloodline had been contaminated with uh, the, the bloodline of the Nephilim of the fallen angels. So, all that to say, God's plan was to preserve a group of people that he could guarantee would provide this lineage, which is our get-out-of-jail-free card. It's a gift that we could never earn, a gift that we could never... Um, we could never uh, achieve on our own, and he gave it to us in the form of the Is- Israelite people. He gave us the bloodline of Christ through those people, and once the atonement had been paid for our sin forever through Jesus Christ on the cross, he was able to open up that that um, access to grace to the entire world. So there was never a point when the church had basically just flip-flopped on that topic. Um, that would be more akin to the teachings of the Mormon church, which up until like the 1900s believed that, you know, uh, African-Americans and other minorities were like the offspring of animals and really dark, disturbing things that when it became politically, you know, um, politically accurate, maybe, or acceptable to change that stance, they kind of just buried their past. That that would be the sort of thing that that more akin to what you're describing. Okay. Uh, another thing, Christian tradition doesn't address sexual orientation and just looks at heterosexual, or sorry, homosexuality as an overindulgence such as drunkenness and gluttony. So shouldn't we be looking at these things or, or situations with more nuanced views or even in a way that simply shows Christians love instead of a Christian's hate? I think time and time again in the scripture, we are taught that love and truth cannot be separated. They're not two separate streams that we draw from when we need them. They are one and the same, and truth in love is one of the things that draws us to redemption, to redemption in Christ. Um, when Christ paid this, the, the price for our sin, he didn't say, there is no such thing as sin, live as you were, as you are. He paid the price for my sin. He's, he said, there is a consequence for sin and I will pay it for you. Um, in the same way, the Bible talks about homosexuality as a sin. It's, it's not necessarily an orientation thing. It's not necessarily... Um, you have to talk about it in context. One of the things that the Bible talks about as well is the way that homosexuality is the same as other forms of sin like gluttony, et cetera, the other things that you listed off. Those are things that we should not, lifestyles that we should not pursue, things that we should not, avenues we shouldn't go down. We should pursue a holy existence in, in, you know, in the image of God, much like Christ Jesus is our example to live as he lived on earth. And uh, those things are the way that you achieve eternal life. Okay. Does that answer that question? Um, another thing is uh, a lot of people say that if you are a Christian and or you do have feelings of, of homosexuality, um, that maybe you should be celibate. Uh, maybe that's what you're, what you're meant to be. But biblical celibacy is a gift, not a mandate. It's, it is a gift. 
Um, but sometimes a gift and a calling. Jonah had a gift and a calling. And when he ran from Nineveh, when he when he review, refused to prophesy to Nineveh, he was then out of the will of God. And God quite sternly put him back on track. Um, gifts and callings are, are things that may or may not be optional as far as God is concerned. Um, he's a good father and he knows best. And uh, I do agree that if you are a believer who struggles with homosexuality, you believe that that is your base orientation, then you should pursue a celibate lifestyle and pursue the will of God in your life, the holy will of God in your life, according to scripture. Just like as a straight man, um, I should forego lustful pleasures with heterosexual women and cling to my wife the way the scripture tells me to. Right, but gender complementarity um, complementarianism is a set of social norms and not necessarily a biblical teaching. Well, uh, from, a, from a biblical worldview, which I've been told I'm arguing from uh, for this exercise. Well, I, I am a believer. I believe this, but this is also the exercise that we're playing, right? <laughs> right. You can't separate the two. Right. But this is the game. This is the game. Um, Respect the game. <laughs> you cannot separate social norms from... Uh, what what the Bible teaches us is true. The Bible is a set of texts that informs the way Christians exist in a society, and therefore the way society should be ran. Mm. So you can't you can't just uncouple those two things. To do that would be would would, would implode the ideology on itself. Okay. Um, so another thing is the overarching uh, script. Sorry, the arc of scripture ultimately points to inclusion and not exclusion as per the new testament showing uh, a more now loving god as opposed to the old view of a vengeful wrath-filled god that is true christ gave us access to the throne room of god when when christ paid the price for our sins on the cross the veil that separated the people the israelites from the presence of god was torn meaning there was a new covenant that covenant gave us access to god and then once, uh, once the church, um, following the leading of the Holy Spirit and the teachings of Jesus, to include the Gentiles into this family of Christ, we did, um, we did increase the access and quote unquote the inclusionary aspect of the church. Something that Christ never, well, one he never contradicted himself ever, but uh, as as according to this point, every time. Christ addresses sin in the New Testament. He says, go forth and sin no more. Uh, he would heal and then go forth and sin no more. Never did he say, um, you know, come sinful, stay sinful. The, the process is always come as you are, experience the grace and forever life-changing experience of Jesus Christ, live according to Christ's teachings and in his image, and tell others about Jesus. That's the process. It's come, repent, give your life to Christ, acknowledge his Godship, and repeat. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. Right. So, um, something to that point. The prohibitions in Leviticus don't necessarily pr- apply to the modern Christian, and the New Testament points us beyond there. That's true, um, but there is nowhere in the New Testament that that explicitly um, 
sort of gives way to certain sin. Um, to have access to grace is not to to have permission to sin, right? Um, to have grace is to have someone pay the price of your sin so that you may sin no more and that you have a fighting chance. Um, nowhere in the New Testament is there this sort of... Um, this sort of like doubling back on itself that you seem to be describing here. Okay. Um, that was heavy, dude. Yeah. That was heavy. And that went a long time. (laughs) I was not expecting you to go that hard for the first one. Yeah, man. (laughs) How do you think I did? I don't know. I was, uh, I thought you were pretty articulate. I think you did. (laughs) You, you were bright. (laughs) (laughs) Talk up to me, bro. Talk up. You were bright. (laughs) You were articulate. (laughs) You made clean. You're clean. You made a lot of good points. A lot of good things. I'll, I'll be excited to, to listen back to this. Again. There was a little bit of like wokeism word blender. Yeah, that's I, I and that is that is a little difficult to overcome because you don't you hide the point in the in right. the woke Mad Lib. It's a it's a sandwich, bro. You got to get your meat in between the pieces of soft pillowy bread. You have to hide it. Got to hide it. So uh, yeah, and also a lot of these things you can you can look up for yourself. These are a lot of things that I've come across with people asking me about transgenderism sure. as a Christian, as a conservative, uh, libertarian, that sort of thing. As well as a lot of these points are made by um, who is it the the uh, the Methodist churches. Oh, a that's, of, a that's lot difficult. Of this comes from their point of view. For those who don't um, know, uh, a few years back, the Methodist Church actually split into two different denominations. One that was gay affirming. And one that was more traditional. And by gay affirming, um, there there are a lot of churches that will say if someone struggles with homosexuality, it's the same as every other sin. If you don't act on it, then you are not living. Temptation is not sin, essentially. Right. That is not what the Methodist church said. When they split in two, um, they had a wing of the church that became gay affirming and would actually ordain openly uh, homosexuals that, that lived the lifestyle. And, uh, as the people who are ministering to others. Yes, as the ministers um, is is a, a big problem in the Methodist church right now. I think that might have gone long enough. So I do have another one, but uh, we would probably don't have time for that. So. Oh, man, we are over on time. <laughs> it was fun. My brain is a little tired, but hey, I think but it was you know fun. What? That's always fun. I, I love getting into the nitty gritty of issues like this, especially like a lot of people probably didn't hear any of these point of views on the regular shows you listen to and that sort of thing. So I think it's important for people to be actually, because these are things that people will tell you on the street. If you're actually going out there and talking to people about what you believe, you're going to get these kinds of questions. It is no one's responsibility, but your own to be a critical thinker. If you can't, if you are afraid to defend the worldview you hold, you don't have a worldview. Right. And it's it's also important that you go out there and you do the do the the work for yourself. Take it, making sure, look at what we said and see if that feels like that's what you believe as well. Right. Stress you know, test we your ideologies. We right? never want to push something on you. Um, you know, we're just telling you what we believe here. Exactly. Um, you're just a part of the conversations, part of hearing the, conversation. the things that we think. Exactly. So go out there, do your homework, and then talk to your neighbors. Talk to your neighbors. Or, or, I don't know. Neighbors are weird. <laughs> Maybe not your neighbors. Maybe don't talk to anybody. Maybe not. Maybe not. But here we do. We talk at you all the time. Thanks for listening, guys. I know this was like a, a heavy episode, but man, it was fun. And uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll smooth out the rough edges and, and see if this is something we want to keep doing. Yeah. As always, um, you know, subscribe, rate us on uh, all your platforms and all that sort of stuff. We'll get back to you. Have a good one.